Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Welcome to the Cyberpunk Lorecast, where we brave scanning the net to find all the deep history and lore of cyberpunk. I'm Toasty, a fixer that's new to Night City with a desire to jump into the details of this gritty setting. And I'm Genesis, an old school media tech with a love of character deep dives. Together, we will bring you the foundations of the past, the state of Night City today, and the news of the future. We've got incoming. Let's Delta. Welcome back, Chooms, to another episode of the Cyberpunk Lorecast. I'm your girl, Genesis, and with me, as always, is Toasty. Toasty, you want to wish our boy happy birthday? Wait, which boy? Johnny. Johnny? Yeah. Little Johnny. Little Johnny from The Witcher 3? Yeah. The Godling? The Godling Johnny. It's his birthday today. Wait, are we rec- are we recording The Witcher? I thought this was Cyberpunk. Fuck, it's Thursday, not Monday. Oh shit. <laughs> Wait, do we have to re- do we we restart then? Are we do we run it back? I think I said Cyberpunk. I know. This so is we're a good. bit. Jen. This is a bit. I know. I was trying to continue the bit because I didn't say welcome to the Witcher Lorecast. I said Cyberpunk, so now we're st- we can still wish Johnny the Godling happy birthday if he had a canon birthday. Are, I need to look. Are Godlings born? I don't think Godlings are born. I don't know, but that's a tangent that we could go down way too far. How about we start with Johnny Silverhand, and on Monday we can follow up on whether or not Godlings have birthdays. You know what? That's that's fair enough. This is the cyberpunk lorecast, so we should talk about cyberpunk people. But, you know, then again, Siri did visit the cyberpunk universe whenever she was bouncing around, so I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> It's all connected. It is. Let me get my fucking board out of the wireboard. Oh, I mean, there is Milfgard. Milfgard is now canon. Exactly. Exactly. Somebody heard about Milfgard somewhere. And they just thought they heard it wrong. And they were like, Milf, you know what? That's a killer name for a website. Yep. Website. Porn. No, it's a, it's a, it's a, in cyberpunk, Milfgard is a magazine. It's a magazine. Is it a porn magazine? Yeah. Okay. All right. Wow. November 16th, 1988. That is the date that we are talking about right now. That is the birth date of Johnny Silverhand. Did you find anything cool about Johnny? Woo! Happy birthday, Johnny. Yay! Yeah. Funnily enough, it also, this is just a thing that I found out today. Uh, Zach and Cody had a had a, re- a reservation an hour ago. Zach and Cody from the Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. Oh, <laughs> there's, okay. There's apparently a specific clip that is. Uh, can we get a like? They're asking for reservation, and she's like, "I can get you about seven thirty on November sixteenth, twenty twenty three. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so they had their reservation today. Maybe they took Johnny out to dinner. Well, how old would that make him? 35. 30, wait, why am I saying 20? I'm trying to do math here. That's what I'm fucking up. We're 35. 35? Because Johnny's two years younger than me, and I turned 37 this year. Fuck you. I'm not that old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're still only like. Less than five years younger than my mother. <laughs> <sighs> oh. Well, okay. So Johnny is busy being born not that far away from you, right? Uh, that is correct. Um, he was born in College Station, Texas, which is 
Uh, off the top of my head, I think it, I could. This that's like an hour and a half for me. I think College Station is a weird one. It's like, and I live in a giant city, so who really knows? If I have to go south, it's longer. If I could just loop around and it's more on the north side, then I might be okay. So a within lot. a few hours of you somewhere, pretty much, pretty much. Uh, though I would have unfortunately not been alive for his birth, so I couldn't have, couldn't even know. Oh, that's right. He wasn't born in 2023. Oh my god, no. <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> I'm like bouncing back and forth between Johnny was born today, but then also died this earlier this year. Hmm. Johnny is Jesus Christ confirmed. <laughs> it was. This was more than three days, though. This was a couple of months. <laughs> Look, they had to have a long conversation about whether or not he deserved to be the next coming of Jesus Christ. He got up to some shit that was probably pretty questionable, but you know what? They decided on it. Yeah. And then Sinner Man happened. Yeah. Yeah. That's what a fucking quest line. But we're not <sighs> talking about Sinner Man today. I think there's already an episode about that. Um, but yeah. No, a Johnny born uh, fucking 30, whatever, 35 years ago. Um, and as we know quite a bit about him, uh, he, of course, and actually we learned this a bit more in Phantom Liberty, which I've been, you know, playing um, about his like serving with or the second Central American War, as well as his. Uh, time with Militech. He was a corpo guy for a bit before mm -hmm. he went down the righteous path. We'll keep it religious for fun. <laughs> I guess it depends on what kind of V you're playing, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So before we get into more fun Johnny facts, I really want to do a big character deep dive especially because with phantom liberty we learn so much more about him we do there are so many little little tiny moments um one thing that i'd like to say is that you know the johnny sound of when he pixelates in and you can clearly you know the sound of johnny has now arrived um mm -hmm. whenever that happens follow him there are multiple points throughout the storyline where Johnny just appears and it looks like he's just leaning up against a wall, but your mission is taking you a little bit over the other way. Go talk to Johnny because, and then sometimes like there's one moment in particular that I can think of where I'm like, okay, I am headed directly to where I need to go because, oh my God, I need to get there. Then Johnny pops up and then I was like, okay. What do you have to, what are you going to do? So I followed him and then he took me further away and further away from my next plot point. But then he led me to a unique weapon. Hmm. So interesting. I've tried to follow, like, I know that that happened today. Um, and I'll talk more about it. And I tried to follow him, but he disappeared so fast. I don't know where, like, he ended up going. And I wasn't mm. like, I lost track of because he like, he was pretty fast. And I don't know if I was intended to because it was directly after a scene where I was talking to him. I don't know if it was just a thing, but like I tried to follow him and like it just like it was in the shipping container place. And so like it's just real curvy and he just like went around a corner and like I went around the corner, like tried to go around the corner real quick and I just didn't see him pop up again. So I was like, well, damn. Because I felt like that was important to do was to try and follow him. And hmm. yeah, so maybe I'll have to go back and see if there's anything nearby that of note. Maybe maybe I can find it. So yeah. I don't know. I'll leave, but we'll leave this 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 little thing here with one last fun fact about Johnny that I didn't actually know, and it's flooring me right now. He's a natural blonde. What what? He dyes his hair. He's he dyes his hair black. He's what? a natural blonde. Yep. Oh, I. Mm. I'm looking at a picture of him right now, 
And I cannot see this man as blonde. Have I, have I ever seen Keanu Reeves as a blonde? What does that look like? I can't imagine Keanu Reeves as a blonde, bro. <laughs> like, what? That's a different Keanu. That's complete. That's. I'm going to look at this gallery. Is there blonde? Is there blonde Keanu? I think this is AI generated because it's on a TikTok, but it oh, still like, kind of works. It's Keanu, though. Like, I mean, honestly. Oh, and then apparently he was in a movie called Atomic Blonde. So I'm getting a lot of images of uh, Charlize Theron, and I'm like, this is not what I want. <laughs> yeah. There are some, like, like the cyberpunk 2020 photos or whatever, but those are all in black and white, but you can tell that he's got a lighter hair color, Mm -hmm. but his hair is also like much shorter. So it kind of like looks like it's, it doesn't, it doesn't look like, yeah, it's not like long hair, Johnny. So it's a weird one. Yeah. But yeah, Johnny is blonde. Got it. So moving on from there. Uh, we just want to let you know up front that this is actually the continuation of our conversation that we had last week. So last week we talked for almost two hours straight and it was an amazing conversation that we had about your first touches into Phantom Liberty. And then at Lucretia, my reflection, we were just like, this is such a long quest and it has so many good moments in it that we decided to cut it from last week's chat and put it into its own episode here. So we are going to dive right back in and pick up right where we left off last week. And then after that, uh, we'll do our mid-break and then close out the show for the night. So please enjoy our conversation about Lucretia, my reflection. Um. But yeah, so we start escaping through like the underground, like subway tunnels. Um, and cause you have to, you have to find like a, an exit, which is like weird that there's a secret exit in a storage container in this room. That was a little odd to me that it was like, it's a storage container that you have to leave through. I don't know. Um, but you know, whatever you get through there and then you get like, the like you hold up on and you talk to Rosalind Myers. She wants you to get Songbird back on the Hollow. Um, I say Hollow, but I guess it's on the Relic. Um, but we finally get Johnny back Yay. instead of Songbird, uh, which is great. Um, and then yeah, so but you get a very interesting like dialogue option here um, when the president asks you what like happened. Um, my first time I did pick the one that just sounded, sounded like she just got like kicked out um, of like control or she just lost control or something, which isn't that significant. But if you say that it's like that, she sounded scared. You get this very intense description about how it seems like songbird has all of her fears uh, boxed up. And in this sudden moment, that entire box opened and she was faced with like, all of her fears all at once. And it's like, this seems like a very heavy statement to answer this question, which is just wild. And I'm wondering if that's like V getting a read on songbird that maybe you wouldn't initially have. And I get it. I, you know, I like playing through that bit. She does sound like it sounds a lot more intense when she loses control of the chimera than just like losing control of the chimera. Um, like the, the only time we've heard a net runner kind of like get that crazy from it is like when T-Buck dies, mm-hmm. like, like and you hear like that scream, like this was crazy, like intense. Um, so, you know, and I will, you know what? I have a hunch. I didn't want to be like, I didn't, I don't want to look that fucking stupid, but, but, all right, if you're going to go into prediction mode, I'm covering my this face. Is big, this is big prediction mode. Um, so, and I'll talk about this a little bit. I'm like after two, but um, we see from the trailer that we saw, like the, the last trailer before the thing came out, we saw Solomon Reed get fucked up on the train. And we saw that Songbird 
like locked him in there and that like so she we don't know what the reasoning is we don't know what it is i mean listeners probably do know because i'm sure that they tell us the answer to this question jen's like disappearing from the video feed <laughs> to try not to get spotted um it's fine i'm not even looking at you jen i'm gonna look at myself um so uh my thought on this is that like he realized that because there's a moment of realization in the trailer where he like gets what's happening and so my thought is solomon is holding some sort of like uh like vendetta against songbird for betraying him because as we find out later in this shit he was like her mentor and they were like super close and we know that they went and got tacos from that fucking trailer so obviously there's a fucking deep connection there um so my thought is that moment she lost the chimera is when solomon found her and like came face to face with him and like kind of lost it uh like got terrified by the quote-unquote box of fears that she like put away she kind of tucked solomon reed to the side and was like oh fuck so that was my thought is that like we're gonna play through this shit we're gonna realize that like solomon's the one that's got her fucking under under wraps so i'm sure that's gonna be interesting i'm sure that there's like a fucking choice in there between picking like songbird's side and solomon's side or something crazy uh because I, I have faith in like CDPR's writers doing some crazy shit like that. But anyways, I'll move on. I'll move on. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, uh, and then we get Johnny's. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was like, that's. I again, I will have no comment. Um, the moment that her fear box opens. The moment that you hear her scream definitely haunts. Because uh, I can still hear it. And then there is, and it's very reminiscent of what happens to T-Bug. And it's very reminiscent mm. of there's another Netrunner that you can have interaction with later. Um, who makes a very similar scream. Yeah. Okay. Also, to quote back way back to the parking garage, by the way, it seems like Songbird's better than Bart Moss. They just kind of casually threw that in there. Um, oh, when it comes is, to running, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she's talking about, and he's like, V says, like, not even Bart Moss would do that. And it was like, like that's an option that you can do. And I was like, this bitch better than Bart Moss? Shit! <laughs> like that's pretty fucking impressive. Um. There's also a funny, like the funny part in that interaction is that like she like says specifically like I don't want to end up resting like in a fridge, uh, resting while who knows where. And then V, if you've done the Bartman quest, is like I actually know where. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I found him. You know, <laughs> I thought that was funny. But like, yeah, no. So like to see her get fucked up out of like lose control out of the fucking thing is also another note because she's seemingly the best net runner ever that we know of um but anyways i'm gonna move on so that Jin can stop hiding um <laughs> we get johnny's description of like him like when he got sitting bamped away from songbird talking about how he's in this like sucking abyss uh that was like kept pulling him like pulling him under like he was like drowning and then when she got like bamped away uh, and lost control of the chimera he felt like it turned into like hot tar uh before he like came back uh yeah. so and it was uh, in that moment that i got really protective of johnny i was like i'm not letting songberg back in my head if she's putting johnny in tar like I, when he was in his relic form pre-v he just wasn't really aware of anything. You know, mm -hmm. it's like he went, he died in his mind. And, but for him to be aware, I didn't like that. Yeah. And like, I was kind of like the way I've been playing is that like, basically like I'm, and it's, it can be taken either like my V agrees with Johnny's like, 
perspective on things or like Johnny's influence is super strong on like my V's like, uh, like mindset or whatever. But like, I basically like me and Johnny agree on a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so like, yeah, I'm pretty protective. I've done like all of his like out, like core game stuff already. Um, had the, like, you know, the, the junkyard talk with him or whatever. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So like there's, I, I, in my mind, there's like a very strong relationship between the two of them. So, uh, side note for wrapping up the show tonight, uh, that I want you to put in the, to the script of next week is what is your actual Johnny rating at, uh, now that you've gotten past this point, um, because this is when I saw my rating with Johnny go up. Okay. I don't even know where I was at when I started. I do have specifically a save, uh, for the beginning of the Dogtown quest before it, like I initiated talking to songbirds. So, um, I have saved that I've, I've done a couple saves just so I have spots that I can go back to if need to, if, mm-hmm. if needed. So I can go back and check exactly what my score was and then see where it's at now. So, um, but yeah, so, uh, we get her, uh, president Myers, uh, to the, to the crib, uh, the safe house. Um, and like you talk to her a little bit, um, you like turn on the generator, she's changes, you have a beer, you talk, um, and like in the background, I noticed this is that there's actually a poster that's called, it says no life three. It seems like it's a video game poster. Mm-hmm. And like, th- this has got to be a Half-Life 3, like, Easter egg, right? Like, a yeah. reference to that? For sure. Like, this, I think the font is the same. Like, the like the orange letters is like, that's the Half-Life thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's little nods to other video games. It's cool. Well, no, I think it's Shade. Oh, because half because Half Life Three is a game that was supposed to come out like so long ago and still never has. So right. and people talk about it all the time like we're just never going to get Half Life Three. But it was just like I was like this is they're just kind of like throwing a little shade in there like oh our video game has our own version of Half Life Three before Half Life Three came out. Like so I just think it's funny. I another thing because uh, so one. I wasn't sure my first time around whether to trust these dudes or not. So like they ended up dying. Uh, like I, I, I didn't the Jacob and I can't remember the other dude's name. Um, yeah. but like they show up, um, what if you don't like quick time fast enough, I think president Meyer, like you have to fight them and like, they just die. Um, yeah, the two guys water. died on my playthrough too. Okay. Uh, well, so I changed it. Uh, I like the, I didn't like that. Um, I actually like went back and then redid it. Uh, and like told her, like, let's talk this out. And they are alive on my playthrough. Um, and he, he make the, like Myers gets real, like, uh businessy basically offers them like kind of a whatever you want kind of thing um yeah. because she's got power and resources and can do that and basically like you know just like don't snitch on us um and it's hilarious because like she like holds out her hand for like a handshake to do the deal and Jacob just straight up daps her up like <laughs> it's so good like oh. she holds up a hand and he's just like He's just like, yeah, so fucking funny, dude. I was like, bro, just dapped up the president. <laughs> like, that's pretty wild. Hmm. And it's fun. They're great. Jacob's fun. You can kind of talk to them a little bit. Um, I'm a little like, I'm a little like, because there's the other dude. Apparently, he's an ex nomad. Uh, and he fucking sold out his family to the Raffins, which immediately I'm just like, okay, so you're a huge fucking red flag um, for many reasons, especially to my Nomad V. Uh, Jacob just seems like a good time, though. So it's fine. 
and like I feel like there's more to that other guy's story that maybe explain because I don't think like he's pretty like hush hush. I'm like okay, and like I don't think they're gonna do that much as far as in depth to like flesh him out. But I was just kind of like you're interesting, um, but yeah. And you get to you go to bed. Uh, you wake up in the morning. President tells you, "Hey, there's this one guy who can get us out of this mess. His name's Solomon Reed." And we're like, "Hell yeah! It's time to wake up, Big Driss." Um, yeah. And she, then she makes you a special agent of the FIA. <laughs> well, okay. So I'll interject right here before that. Um, time to wake up, Solomon Reed. This is a screenshot that I have that actually has a corpo line attached to it. Oh shit! Hell yeah. Yeah, there's one option. Solomon Reed is another surer one. So apparently, like, uh, you know, you and I can get out of Dogtown on our own. Well, you know, I'll protect you. Feats like that. Um, Corporal V says, must be deep undercover. And then they go into a co- good conversation about how undercover uh, Solomon really is. And okay. is truly shocked uh, seven years undercover, guy sounds like a true asset. Uh, used to be with Arasaka once upon a time. Counter intel. Never saw any read on file. Hmm. Okay, okay. Interesting. I think there's like, he is obviously super deep undercover. Like, I think, because there's a part later on that he's like so deep undercover, he can't even like use government like benefits or get a paycheck. Just crazy. <laughs> oh, um, the rest of this conversation, Myers is like above your pay grade. Maybe ever considered that? Uh, maybe ooh, I was okay, sassy. <laughs> maybe I was too busy getting my hands wet and dirty. She goes, so that's a yes. Go back up your clearance and check again. Damn. Granted, yeah, I think V wasn't like any anywhere near the top of the Arasaka food chain. Whenever. They were part of it. If you take the corpo life, yeah. So, but still, so that's, that's Myers nasty. telling me to that. go. Myers telling me go to go back to Arasaka. V. No thanks. <laughs> I don't actually want to do that. Um, but yeah, then she makes you a special agent, to which you can or cannot take the oath. I did not take the oath. All right. Okay. Did, did you? No, I started no, the no. oath. I started it, and. Uh, I, there are like three lines that you can do Mm. to finalize the oath. But once you start it, Johnny is like, no V we shouldn't do this. And I'm like, I, why not get back into this? Like, is this is what we need to do in order to fix the both of us, dude. And he's like, I don't like it. And then I backed out on the third line. Yeah. So I, I don't do it. And like Johnny doesn't, I think he comes in before and he kind of like, is kind of like not supportive of it. Mm-hmm. But, um, then I, you know, you go to leave and I get on the elevator and Johnny pops up and he tells me like, I think you did the right thing. Not taking that oath. Uh, that I think he refers to it as a fascist ass oath. Um, yeah. and I, so there's one thing here is I don't like, I don't know what the other like dialogue response is. I didn't pick it because I forgot that it was such a fucking shit one today whenever I did pick it again because I picked it initially and then I picked it again and I forgot how t- like I didn't like it because one of them is uh, fuck the system. Am I right? And like I perceive that is a very genuine response of V saying fuck the system. But mm. apparently it's a sarcastic response where V says, I get it. Fuck the corpos, fuck the government, fuck the and then Johnny yells at you to stop like 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 you think I'm joking. Uh I'm being serious. Like you realize that I was a corpo jarhead at one point in my life. Uh and it was like I didn't like that response because I wanted to just straight up agree with him and be like, Yeah, no, fuck the system. Like I'm in my mind, that's where my V's at. Is yeah. like we're not trusting corpos, we're not trusting government, we're not trusting anyone. Like, fuck them. Yeah. But uh, you just, it was annoying that it was like a sarcastic answer. No, I was once a corpo jarhead, right? Practically dove into uniform headfirst. 
They had a real hard on for the oath. Repeat after me, bloody fucking blah. But mm. can't remember what I solemnly pledged to do. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so I didn't take the oath. Uh, I told her straight up, like, I was like, I'll take the coin, but I'm going to take the oath. And she was like, fair enough. Um, cause I, 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 she doesn't make you, she says like, you can, if you want, which I mm-hmm. think is cool. Um, that she's not trying to force you into this shit. Um, but then you go over to something caliente, uh, that one place. Um, but I, and I'd noted here that I'm loving these smaller moments with Johnny. Um, cause we're getting like a little, like small moments where he kind of talks about, it. and it seems like he's kind of giving a bit more detail, which I think is part of like, you know, they realized with the writing for this is that like people wanted more Johnny, like, like mm-hmm. intimate moments. Um, so, uh, and Johnny by the phone was fucking hot. Yeah. I <laughs> love it. So cute because he's like, eh? Eh? <laughs> like he's, he doesn't know how to fucking use a phone, I guess. And Johnny's like, No, this is how you use a phone. <laughs> it is so funny. It is the best comedic moment, like a physical comedy moment out of Johnny that I've ever seen. The fact that when V looks at the thing, he picks the re- they pick the receiver up. They look at it, oh, turn it over in their hands, and Johnny is like, holds the phone up like you would if you were playing pretend, you know, put yeah. the receiver up to your ear. <laughs> so funny. It's fucking hilarious. Um, I was dying. Um, and yeah, you're able to you call that number. Um, and I did call 911 today to see the response or whatever, and I got that. Um, but you call the number. Uh, it's like silent for a bit. And then Reed finally like tells you like a location uh, and you go to said location. And we were just talking about sports last week. And then I ended up on a, like watching a basketball game, like straight up. I didn't like Johnny. I, I stopped it. Uh, and like Johnny kept, I, I kept having to deal with Johnny being like V I'm trying to tell you something, <laughs> but I was just watching the basketball game. Uh, and eventually it does loop, but there are like, there actually is like a few like unique animations of like them playing basketball and like, like they score and then they reset and then like go through. And I thought that was fun. Ooh. Um, you remember this? Playing like the, the people playing basketball yeah. uh, on the court, like where you're, yeah. where you meet Reed. Yeah. Okay. Like it's behind, like it's obviously just like a, a backdrop for the conversation yeah. or whatever, yeah. but I was, I just stopped to just watch it for a bit and see how like they were doing with it. And it's just like street. It's just like street ball, but yeah, it is cool because there's like, they obviously put some time to have several unique animations for the basketball in there. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually they do. Like I said, they do like loop back around, yeah. um, but it was, it was neat. Um, just because we were talking about it last week. Um, Can I take it back for just a moment? Back to the phone call area? What's up? So there's a Witcher Easter egg in there. Is that the one? Yeah. Or is it a different one? No, no, no. At the phone. At the phone. There's a specific phone number that you can call. Oh. So the the four additional phone numbers are actually all listed by the phone. Somebody's put a sticky note on the wall that you can, and you look at the phone number there and you can dial it. Um, you can also, somebody's handwritten in a minor code that you can easily figure out um, a phone number. Once you've picked up the receiver, there's a phone number listed on the phone. Um, four phone okay. numbers and two, they're split in two and two. Um, so two phone numbers get you to the same Witcher Easter egg. And then the other two phone numbers get you to a female lead vocalist doing a cover of uh, of a samurai song. And Johnny totally vibes to it. Nice. I'll have to go back and do that then. The phone is always open. You can go back at any time as long as you remember where the Caliente place is or load that save right before you called uh, Idris. And, um, Idris. Idris, yes. Solomon Idris. Reed. Idris. <laughs> um, so yes, that is where one uh that is where those easter eggs are um yeah okay 
back to meeting Solomon Reed. Yeah. So we get the very like, like, I feel like this is a, a trope we've seen before of like the, like they come up behind you with a gun and they're just talking to you and you don't like look at them. Um, and I straight up, I'll have to redo this scene and see like what happens. I was too scared that he was, cause after Myers fucking shot me for not doing the quick time event fast enough, I was worried that if I did any of the blue options that he would shoot me anyways. Um, mm considering so uh i'll have to go back and see what the responses are specifically but i just straight up went for the like uh the the actual like yellow dialogue response so that i wouldn't get shot um i also have to i should see if the quick what happens with the quick time event cuts out he probably like shoots you in the back of the head or something uh i think he just the one where it's like don't turn around um Mm -hmm. if you do he just yells at you Okay. Um, but yeah. Uh and this like this moment here is kind of where I let like those like theories that I had kind of get more like in because like I was under the impression that we had to like wake him up. He's already awake, he's already a variable in this like soup. So I was like, okay, so he could have easily like been like my my songbird theory of like him like fucking going after her before or whatever like he was already here he was already able to do stuff so um but yeah he like tells you to go meet him up at a car it's a really it's a really fucking nice car uh it is a decked out car uh you wait he shows up uh he asks you some like specific questions of like how you got roped into this or whatever i did the songbird line to see his reaction uh, cause I was curious. Um, he does kind of like look off to the side. Uh, but like, and, and there's a little bit of a reaction, but like, it's obviously like this dude's a professional spy. He's obviously going to be able to like hide emotions pretty well, but yeah, there was definitely a, a reaction there. Um, but he drives you, he, when he's driving you back to the place, he's like grilling your ass so much for leaving the president alone. And it's like, it's like, what am I supposed to do? Like, take her along with me? It's just like, it's just funny his interactions. And then, like, everything you say, he's just like, I don't like this. <laughs> like, yeah. He just hates all of it. Um, and we get up there. Uh, he runs into the fucking two dudes. So in my thing, yeah, he was because he ran into the two dudes that were up there because they opened the door um, and he's like basically questioning them. And then President Myers like walks in and the specific thing she says, uh, she's like, compare length and girth when I'm not around. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. that hilarious. That's amazing. And I did not get that line. Oh, because yeah, you killed your dudes. And so the interactions are great. Um, it's so fun. Uh, but like, so they're, they're a good time. These two, they don't do a whole lot. Um, specifically, I don't know how you learn about them if it's not like, but um, for Jacob, like he tells you about the airdrops. Like he's your, he's your like source of info about how the airdrops work. Um, like the, the morning after you like, wake up in that that place if you go downstairs he's like down outside and he's like you see that red smoke over there that's this if you like and he tells you about him so i don't know how you got the information if he was dead i'm assuming you found like i think i just shard got something no i think i just found it like what's that (laughs) okay maybe maybe that's just what you just kind of have to go there if you like let them die but yeah no he'll straight up he tells you what they are um which i think is cool um, I also think they're really funny. Like the airdrops are kind of hilarious with how like, like how so specifically set up they are. It's kind of like janky because I straight up like I had one land in front, like like not directly in front of me, but it landed at a point where it literally took me three seconds, mm-hmm. three seconds to get to it, and of course there's already. A full Barkus squad <laughs> with multiple cars and like two skull dudes, like already set up over there. And I was like, 
I don't think they had enough time to show up here for this, but all right. <laughs> yeah, it does definitely happen like that. Um, I love it when I get there and I hang out in the back for a minute and let the two factions fight it out. And then I jump in and I, just, wipe I didn't jump on this one so fast. There was no other faction. It was mm. just Vargas. No one else showed up. So um, there's a little bit to it, but I still think it's fun. I guess it kind of makes sense. Like if they know where it's going to drop, they can kind of set up in the area. But I just thought it was funny that it was just like it landed. And I was like, oh, they look at all these people that are already here. Um, but yeah, but we we get the talk between like Rosalind, uh, Solomon and V, who's kind of V's just perceiving from the outside all of this shit. We find out that Solomon was Songbird's mentor. Um, which, like, from the trailer, we knew they had a close relationship. I didn't know he taught her everything. And I'm like, well, shit. <laughs> like, or that he trained her. Uh, and I'm like, that adds layers to this. Like, like the mentor-mentee relationship adds a whole lot here. That's mm-hmm. pretty rough. Um, and then, yeah, Solomon says the line about um, how he already died once for the cause. Um and that now she wants to throw him back in. Um, and you kind of like, you can, I guess you can choose sides on this one kind of where you can either like tell the president that she uh, like, that's a big debt that she has to repay, or you can just try to play on Solomon's heartstrings of like songbird really needs you. She's in trouble. Um, I went with the big debt to pay because fuck the system uh mm-hmm. they should be held accountable president you need to pay the fuck up um to which she just apologizes yeah <laughs> she's like, i'm sorry and it's like okay but like what else <laughs> like, maybe we can give this man a paycheck because he hasn't received one in fucking ever yeah apparently. he's been working as a bartender or a bouncer yeah it's like can we get like something here but like whatever but then yeah Specifically, he says um, that moment he died was when Arasaka smoked him after the last gig, which we know is at, like when he was like leaving post unification war, like at the end of the unification war. But like, I don't think I believe that he believes that because the trailer made it seem very obvious that he realized what Songbird was doing. Cause like, yeah, he had a fucking, he had the best damn net runner ever exist that who's ever existed apparently on the other side of the phone and she couldn't unlock a door. I think he knows. And so that kind of puts my shit into perspective, uh, even more there. Like, I don't think like, I think he's giving her the line that they, like they wanted him. Like they probably fed him because if he's died before and they, like he woke up in a hospital, I think he says with like three bullet holes, Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he couldn't, he couldn't, what's the line he said? He couldn't shit normally for like three months or something. Something like that. Uh, yeah. Oh. And it's like, like, I think they told him like, oh yeah, like, you know, this thing, we had a hitch in the job here and like these Arasaka goons like took you out. Yeah. And it's like, I think he knows the truth, but he's giving her back the line that they would have fed him. Mm-hmm. so that he's not playing his like he still has the element of like secrecy to the information he already knows so right. i'm assuming that this this is panning out to be a very songbird versus solomon style like thing because immediately after i've like i think i have to wait for the phone call i waited until the phone call but i think he get text messages that say that like the president's back in noosa so she's obviously not at play or she's not supposed to be. Maybe, maybe there's something changed. Um, he's maybe he did some, some shit, um, because of, we left her alone with him, but she's supposed to be back in Noosa. So she's not supposed to be a factor <laughs> back in Noosa, back at, I don't know. The back White in House. DC. Uh, yeah. Yeah. DC. But yeah. So, and that's where I'm at. Oh, <sighs> Oh, all right, the fact that you made it through Lucretia, and now it's a lot more open, and things are gonna get so interesting and good for you. I, I, 
I'm loving some of the theories that you're coming up with, uh, the little nods and hints that you're picking up on. Um, yeah. I will state for the record as well. Um, I've done five gigs for Mr. Hands already. Um, the Paco one was, or not, the, sorry, that wasn't a gig. I've done five gigs for Mr. Hands and I've done the Paco side quest. Okay. That was fun. That was, that was fun. That was a blast. Um, I feel also, like we need to put Paco's quest um, on for next week because I really want to talk that. to you about how, how that one played out for you. I oh. need to replay. No, I'm actually sorry. I know how it played out. I know how it played out. We're good. <laughs> yeah. Did you take all the drugs? Is that, that's the Paco one, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where okay. you show, like you take the drugs and then you use the visions. Yeah, I did. Okay. I did take all the drugs. Yes, we totally need to talk about that one. And I want to know how it ended for you, because it can end in very different ways. I know how it ended for me. All right. Um, I want to add one last thing because I know that this didn't happen in your playthrough, but it sure as shit happened in mine. At the end of Lucretia, my reflection, where it is wait two days for Reed's phone call. I get a phone call from my boyfriend. Ah. And I tell him the whole story about how I just saved the president's life. Everything's everything's good. And he goes, you know, I get a tingling in my ball sack when someone lies to me. Now, I don't feel that right now. So, what? You were in Dogtown and the plane flew right over your head? Carrie Uridine, you get a tingling in your ball sack when somebody lies to you. Can we bring Carrie into Dogtown so, so we know who to trust? Can we, can we just bring him in? Like, Ooh. like, if, like in, can we just have him in the room when Solomon says, like, the Arasaka goons that smoked him? Like, like does he get a tingle in his ball sack? Because, like, it didn't, like, I, I feel like. I feel like that's too powerful a power to have in this whole scene. Right. <laughs> I just think it's fucking tingling in your ball sack. I did. I need to fucking. I'm actually loading it up right now because I my brain fucking forgot about this as a factor. But I, I did message Judy and I was talking to her about Dogtown. Mm. I have messages. I'm loading up the game right now <laughs> because while we're on the topic of it. An unmarked aircraft has crashed in our district. As we go on our two hours of recording. <laughs> Yo, what's up? Stuff's been going down. I'm on a super weird gig in Dogtown. Hey, so two things to unpack. Weird and fucking Dogtown? Start with the first. I'll t- and I said, I'll tell you later. Pros don't spill while on the job. Because I had two options to basically don't tell her any information. And she says, maybe over pizza and beer when it's all over. And I say, you got it. Nice. But yeah, so I got, I got. So some her titties don't you. tinkle when somebody's lying. No. So good to know that Judy still wants pizza with you. Oh, okay. I know that we are going to be, I mean, this is part one of our Phantom Liberty deep dive. I have no idea how many we're going to go through. Uh because it's so much and it's so good so good yeah i think i'll see which path i take i guess because it seems like i was a bit curious whenever i was trying to figure out the specific names of the quest today and i found out that there's like two different paths you can take and one path has more quests on it so it's interesting mm-hmm mm-hmm I know so, the answer to that question, but I know you've played both. So we'll get yeah. there. We'll see how far I get next week. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then of course there's all the gigs and side quests and Mr. Hands and running the cars for El Capitan is good and it's fun. Um, but there's really only there's like after you do like 10 cars or something like that for him, then there's a big quest to go along with it. 
Um, but it's only one real mission. Um, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening today, guys. Uh, all right. So that's where we wrapped it up for the night. So here we are at the middle end of the show. Uh, and we do have some things to shout out. Terry, welcome in, Joom. Welcome to the Patreon. We are so glad to have you in. Uh, you also sent us a great little message through Patreon. Much appreciate. Uh, it says, hey, binged a couple, a bunch of your episodes over the last couple of days. Love what you guys do. Figured I'd support you. Appreciate you guys. So thanks, dude. Thank you. All right. And if you play the cyberpunk TTRPG, your DM owes you 10 IP per J. Gray and me right now, because even though that wasn't officially a review, it was still nice words that you left somewhere on the Internet for us. So my rule, it counts. Fair enough. You can also visit fanrolldice.com and use the code CPLC and stack that with the almighty C10 C 10 at checkout to get 20% off of your entire dice order. I think that we definitely, if I remember correctly from last week, we talked quite a bit, so I don't think we need to linger much further. Not to... To my knowledge. All right, then. Here we are, wrapping up the show for the night. Yeah. All right. I think now is a good time to wrap it up before we start tangenting more and more about all the fun that we both have had in Dogtown. So give us a follow on Twitter at Cyberpunk Lorecast. You can join us on patreon.com slash cyberpunk lorecast. Catch up on bonus episodes, deleted content, behind the scenes stuff. Uh, those listens are definitely fun. If you'd like to hear more from me, you can find me on the Two Girls One Ship podcast where we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. What you got? Uh, you can check me out doing the Witcher lore cast as well as the Cyberpunk Red Live Play podcast. Cyberpunk, Cyberpunk apostrophe D that I do with the fumbling for an Almighty Crit Gang. All right, and at the end of every episode, we shout out Miracle of Sound for allowing his music to be used. We use clips from the Neon Red instrumental remix. Oh, all right, guys, while you're out there. Stay safe in Dogtown, as hard as it may be. Have you ever wanted to deep dive into the lore and stories behind all your favorite Marvel movies? Then do we have the show for you. I'm Captain Shenko. And I'm Psych88. Join us as we dissect the media megalith that is the MCU. We'll talk about the origin stories, the fights, and everything in between. The MCU Lorecast releases on all major podcasting platforms on Mondays as part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club and can be found on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.